Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You don't need to spend a lot of money to practice wellness. And I think that we've all been reminded of that during this time where we have had a throwback to basics. But wellness should be much more about practices rather than products. And so I think that we've also seen a demand for those practices that are the cornerstones of a well life to be evidence-based and to be backed by science. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect podcast. My name is Poppy Jamie, a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. Like the app, this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul. In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream. Visit mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus and move or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of the Not Perfect podcast and today it's with Katie Spies who is the editor-in-chief of Well and Good, one of the leading health and wellness online magazines that have been guiding millions globally for a decade. In this episode, Katie shares what it means to be a leader and also her tips to managing a team and working from home. As we all know, it's a difficult task and Katie makes it look easy. It's a complete privilege to be chatting to her today. And we also mark the launch of Mental Health May. By the way, can you believe we are in May already? Hasn't this year gone quickly? Happy Not Perfect has partnered with Well and Good to launch a mental wellness challenge to boost our spirits, minds and souls. It's free to get involved. Every day you'll be asked to complete a new activity. I'll put a link in the show notes to follow along so you can head to the Well and Good website. And as we all know, it's those small achievements that create big steps and long lasting change. You'll find part of the challenge on the Happy Not Perfect app, so you can find that in the meditate section. And let us know how you get on. I can't wait to hear it. But for now, let's get stuck into this interview. What is your favorite quote in the moment? So right now, I am listening to a lot of music because I find that music is something that helps me access emotions. And so actually... 
a song that I'm listening to over and over right now is from Florence and the Machine, the Highest Hope album from 100 Years. And the quote is, my heart bends and breaks so many, many times and is born again with each sunrise. And that really resonates with me right now because it's tough going at the moment. And I think every day I feel differently. I think that that is a fairly collective feeling. And so knowing that Each day is a new sunrise, a new beginning, and you're going to feel differently tomorrow after some great sleep is something that I'm thinking about a lot. That is so beautiful. And you're the first one to bring up music on the podcast, which seems bizarre and kind of retrospect because you're right. So many of our kind of... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Great pick-me-up moments comes from the tunes we're listening to. So thanks for sharing that. I'm definitely going to be playing some Florence after this interview. Um, what's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? Recently, I've been thinking a lot about resilience. I think resilience is a really underrated quality. I think it's something that's very hard to practice. But I also have been reminded through the past few months that actually as human beings, naturally, we are so incredibly resilient. And I've been so impressed at how the human race has rallied in the face of the COVID pandemic. And so I've been really reminded that you need to practice resilience you have so much resilience inside you and it's just about remembering that and tapping into it as much as you can. Couldn't agree more. Cooperation and resilience. How do you define happiness? My definition of happiness has changed a lot over the years. I used to think when I was a younger person, I used to think that to be happy, you had to feel a sense of joy every day and in many moments every day. And I think as I've grown and moved through life, I've learned that happiness and joy are quite separate. And actually joy is very spiky and you can feel joy very quickly and then it will dissipate very quickly. However, for me, happiness is a baseline level of contentment. And so having highs and lows, but feeling a baseline level of gratefulness for what I have and feeling content with my life and what I have. And to me, that's truly happiness. And again, it's something that particularly right now I'm trying to practice every day, remembering all the reasons I'm so very, very lucky. And that really makes me happy and is the is the bedrock of my happiness. Is there one thing you do that 
gives you that moment of joy. So for me, it's making my morning coffee. There's just something about that ritual where it just instantly boosts me. And I just go, oh, I love this coffee in front of me. I don't want to copy you, but that's exactly the same as, that's exactly the same as me. And the thing that I love about making my morning coffee right now, I have a cold brew with oat milk. So making my coffee is a very easy task because it's poor and poor. Um, <laughs> but it's something that I did a lot pre-pandemic and pre-working from home. It's something I do every morning whether it be a weekday or a weekend. And so keeping that as a ritual from before through to now is really giving me a sense of joy and happiness. And also usually during that time, I'll catch up on WhatsApp messages. And I'm an Australian living in New York and I've lived in the UK for many years. So a lot of the people that I love are all over the world and waking up with a lot of WhatsApp messages from friends and family and reading them over a coffee brings me a lot of joy. Before we dive into um, talking about kind of the trends you're seeing, how has that shift um, to working from home been for you and what has helped you keep a sense of kind of purpose and day-to-day routine? It's been tricky and I think it was definitely an adjustment period because I have a team of journalists and audience development people and video producers that work for me. And I was really, it was just incredibly unknown to me how we would go through this remote period because most of us work together every day in our New York office with a couple of people in LA, but it's not something we've done as a team before. And on day one of working from home, I knew it was going to be okay because we got onto our morning stand-up, which usually happens at 10 a.m. every morning. It was a Zoom call with 30 of us. I thought it was going to be mayhem, and actually it was really incredible. Everyone was in high spirits because we were able to see each other and we were able to collaborate like we usually do every morning. So for me, that's been a really important thing for me to make sure I make time for every morning. In in the old life, when we we're all in the office, I didn't always get to make that stand-up meeting because I would prioritize other meetings or I would be, you know, having a coffee with a contact, etc. Whereas now I know that the most important thing for me to do every day is see those happy smiley faces on Zoom every morning and have that moment of connection with my team. I was actually talking about this with someone this morning and how these leadership skills probably have never been so important. Like in times of kind of uncertainty, it's really when I suppose the leaders stand out. I really believe that. I see my job right now really as making sure that my team are okay. I really want to make sure that everyone has what they need to work from home, that during the day they're feeling okay and engaged and that they're of course their jobs are protected and so I know that this has been one of the biggest challenges for myself as a leader and I think I'm seeing with my peers and colleagues a similar sense of okay what we really need to be right now isn't managers it's leaders and so I'm really making sure that there's connection with my team every day that they know that I have an open door, an open Zoom policy. (laughs) And I do think, I think it's so incredibly important right now. And I think that the companies that 
thrive after this or at least make it through this crisis will have it will be because of the teams but also the leaders of those teams absolutely are there any leaders in particular that have always inspired you through I don't know the things they've said or the way they they have behaved or who do you look up to when you think of a great leader someone that I have respected for a long time but I think she has shown yet again through this pandemic how incredible she is, is the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. She is just such a force. I was living in Australia when we had our first female Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, and I was a big fan of hers. However, she just never got the kind of respect that I think she deserved. And what I'm seeing with Jacinda Ardern is that she's really redefining what it means to be a world leader. And there has been a long-held belief globally, I think, that, you know, females can't run countries. There's never been a female leader in of the United States. And... Jacinda is just showing that that is complete BS and that women can be incredible, incredible leaders on a, on a global stage, which obviously we all know and it's nice now that globally there's such an incredible example of that. What qualities in particular of hers do you think are really shining out? I think that she's a real human. She approaches her role with such humanity. She's not afraid to show weakness. She's not afraid to show emotion. And that's something that is so important to me because I think as women, we're told in the workplace that emotions are weakness. You know, there, I, I remember in the early years of my career, if I ever thought that I would dare cry at work, that that would just be such a no-no and I would have to hide it. And actually what I try and tell my team, and we see this in practice with Jacinda Ardern, is that emotions are natural human feelings and it just shows that you care about something. And of course, you need to be professional and you need to keep your emotions in check to an extent, but showing an emotional spectrum at work is not a weakness and it's not a bad thing. And I love, love, love that she's displaying that on a global stage. So how has this pandemic changed the sort of content people are consuming that you're noticing and the trends you're watching? It's been it's been very drastic. And the way that I think about content after a big news event like this, and I mean, this is unprecedented, but even with other crises that have happened during my time working on editorial teams, there's usually three phases. The first phase is pure news, pure details, information, and the news sites kind of win through that in terms of audience attention. Usually we move into a second phase where people are still wanting details about the news event, but starting to look for more lifestyle content to help them adjust to their new reality. And then I think the third phase is usually pure distraction. People want to turn away from the news and really just consume that content that's going, going to uplift them, that's going to make them think about something else. And so in that first phase for us, we really saw that no matter what we published, really people just wanted details about COVID, how to 
go to the supermarket, how to make sure that they were cleaning their home in a way that helped protect them, which was tricky for us as a, as a wellness site and as a lifestyle site because we did not want to I want people going to the CDC for official health advice. That's not our role. And so we were very careful about how we covered the pandemic through that phase. I think we're now in phase two. We're not quite at phase three. People still want a lot of information about COVID and they're hungry to know how it's progressing. However, they are really looking at ways to live well through their new reality. And so we've really seen in the last few weeks particularly that there has been a huge desire for mental health coverage. That's always an important topic area for us at Well and Good. But people are even more keen to understand how to protect their mental wellness during this time, whether it be the way that they relate with the people that they're sheltering in place with, whether it be how to maintain connection through this time of social distancing and working from home, or whether it be how to find a level of joy and happiness in all the turmoil and crisis that's going on. So that's been really huge for us. And then another thing that we've seen is that there has almost been this throwback to back to basics wellness. So we really believe it well and good that the cornerstone of wellness is looking after your mental health and stress management, nourishing yourself the best that you can and being active in any way that makes you happy. It doesn't mean necessarily doing it hour and a half hit class every day. It might just be going for a walk. And we have really seen that content popping for us. And people really want to know how to create healthy food using pantry staples and also how to stay active during this tricky time. How have you seen, I suppose, in the last five years, wellness as a category change Um, And where do you think wellness is going? Like, what do you think the next stage of wellness is? Such a good question, because I think that wellness was on a certain trajectory. And this pandemic has accelerated some parts of the change and modification of wellness, and then also sent it on a slightly different trajectory. And so I think through the last five years, what we've really seen happen globally is that wellness has moved from a niche lifestyle that was seen to be something that was only for people with a lot of money, really just the 1%. And thank goodness we've moved out of that phase and we're now seeing it as much more of a mass lifestyle. This has made it much more accessible However, this is a a two-sided coin because while we've seen wellness adapted as a more mass lifestyle, which I think is really positive, we've also seen the commercialization of concepts like self-care. So there are so many products flooding the market for all different, under all the different wellness verticals. And that in itself is not necessarily a negative thing, but something that we really try and remind our audience of at Well and Good is that you don't need to spend a lot of money to practice wellness. And I think that we've all been reminded of that during during this time where we have had a throwback to basics. But wellness should be much more about practices rather than products. And so I think that 
that's something that is a challenge in the industry. Over the last five years, I think that we've also seen a demand for those practices that are the cornerstones of a well life to be evidence-based and to be backed by science. And I think that's an incredibly positive change in the industry. I think in its infancy, wellness was a little bit of the wild, wild west and anyone could come in and claim anything. And that's not good for people. You know, we're dealing with people's health and their life and their lifestyles. And really, I truly believe that there is space for wellness and science to exist together. And I think when those things exist together, like with mindfulness, like with a lot of the things that you guys talk about on Happy Not Perfect, that's where wellness is at its strongest. What is the most kind of wild, wild west thing that you've seen in wellness where you've just point blank said, no, we cannot publish that? those are crazy claims. I feel very nervous about 75% of the CBD products on the market. I think that there is a lot of burgeoning science around CBD being incredibly helpful for lots of things. And I'm really interested to see where that research goes. I think CBD is a really good example of where a buzzy ingredient pops up and has some very legitimate uses and then every single vertical within the wellness space jumps on it and it becomes marketing BS and so there have been quite a few CBD products over the last 12 months that's come across our desk in the form of press releases or products sent to us that the team and I have just decided okay no this is a step too far we don't need to be I don't know, slathering CBD on our, there have been some CBD butt creams that seem, <laughs> that seem fairly unnecessary. Um, so in terms of your own wellness, how do you look after your mental health when you are on 8 million Zoom calls a day, you're launching a team and all the rest of it? It's something that I, I think about a lot because I definitely am someone who is prone to anxiety and so managing, constantly managing my mental health is a big priority for me. I am a big talker. I have no problem talking about my feelings and so I definitely use talk therapy with friends and family is a way to process emotions. I have very pretty strict rules about how I engage with work, how I engage with my phone. I make sure that I have boundaries where I do really switch off and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. We all have busy periods where we've got to lean a little bit more into work and technology, but I really try and have a good chunk of time at night where I'm not on my screen, exercise is huge for me. I try and be active every day, whether that be an exercise class or doing some yoga or really just going for a walk. I find going for a walk and listening to music as just such a big, important thing for me to do when I can each day in a way that I do process emotions. And I think there is a bunch of research about how walking and you can kind of get in a flow state where it does allow you to for things to bubble up and then 
a huge one for me is sleep. I do whatever I can to get eight hours sleep a night. And I think that I've learned that sleep almost more than anything else is just such a game changer for me. And then finally, using the Happy Not Perfect app. It's something that I really, I genuinely use multiple times a week. And for me, meditation and mindfulness has always been tricky because I'm not the best at breathing techniques and I sometimes, you know, I find it very hard to quiet my brain. And so Happy Not Perfect genuinely has been um, an incredible resource for me. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Is there one thing you do in the morning or before you go to sleep that really helps you with your your routine or getting up and winding down? Something that I have been practicing for the last 12 months before I go to bed is I have a journal that's not really a journal, it's just a book. And I, again, feel kind of similarly about journaling to I did feel about meditation and I think everything you were saying about having to be so go, go, go and then suddenly force yourself into these moments of real stillness that resonates so much with me because I find that so hard and so I knew about myself that I didn't have 10 15 minutes 20 minutes to sit down and really practice journaling in a very comprehensive way I think that works so well for some people it just doesn't really work for me and so what I do now is every night just in a very freeform way I write down something that made me really happy during the day, something that made me really grateful. And I've just found that such a nice way to end my day because when you actually think about the 18 hours or whatever that you, that you spent awake, so many nice things happen every day. And sometimes it is my daily coffee and reading WhatsApp from my friends. Often it is a phone call with someone. Often it's a nice interaction I have with someone at work. And I think it shows you that, Lots of great things happen throughout the day that you don't even think about in the moment, but upon reflection, you realize that they're really awesome. It's so true. And it goes back to kind of your, observ- your observations that clearly on a mass macro scale, we are all going back to basics. And maybe this is this can be our silver lining um, in this horrid scenario that we wouldn't wish upon anyone, but the fact that it is forcing us to maybe explore our mental health that you know and um, we we weren't we didn't even have time to explore our mental health before and so I think when this partnership um, came up I'm so excited that we can bring everyone on this month-long journey to learn a little bit about your mental health each day because we've now got more time to do this. Yeah, we were so excited to do this with you and with Happy Not Perfect because I think exactly as you're saying right now is this inflection point where I think that there is still a stigma around people suffering mental health conditions and actually that's something that I really hate and that we try and work against every single day at Well and Good, whether it be that you're suffering anxiety, depression, bipolar, or you're just someone who is smart enough to know that you need to protect your mental health and your mental wellness, whether you're suffering a condition or not. And I think that having these daily tasks is just such a nice way for people to spend 31 days just paying a little bit of attention to their mental health in the same way that they would with their physical health. 
absolutely all the same way they would with their teeth and that idea of mental maintenance. And so during this month, we've got different activities to really help everyone just take a second to go, hold on a minute, what is going on inside? What am I saying? Where are the patterns? Mental health, there is such a spectrum and there is no one right now, well, no one I've spoken to who has said, I'm fine. I'm totally good. Yeah, don't mind me. I've got, you know, this pandemic is so easy. So we really are all in the same boat here, kind of going through the same uncertainty. And I actually feel that hopefully, especially with these kind of mental health challenges, if you know anyone who you can do the challenge with, that's a really nice idea. Yeah, I think that community is more important than ever. And I love your idea of doing the challenge with someone because I also think that I know for a lot of my friends who have children, there is also a real awareness of how they're processing this time. And I think what I love about the challenge that we're doing together is they're simple tasks. You can do them with your family. You could do them with your little kids. And I, to your point, This has been the great equaliser in many ways because all that we really have, if we're lucky enough to have shelter and food and be safe in our homes, all we really have right now is ourselves, our community and our mental health. Absolutely. Which authors and speakers and thought leaders most inspire you? Because I think when, you know, we are looking at this area of mental health, there is a lot of people that you could follow and some more beneficial than others. Which people in particular do you think are great sources for people to maybe find and follow them through this time? I feel very lucky as part of my job that we get to speak to people like yourself, everyday experts and leaders in their field. And I have really found that during this time, some people that I've been looking to as sources of inspiration or comfort, Esther Perel is really high up on on my list because she's a Belgian psychotherapist. And for me, I've always thought that she has an incredible point of view on relationships and, and modern love. But right now, a lot of us are finding it's a weird time in relationships. Either you're separated from people you love or you're spending a lot, a lot, a lot of time with people you love, which is also can be tricky. And I love her. I think she speaks such truth and wisdom. And I love hearing what she has to say and what her point of view is on on anything really but particularly right now because I think it's always refreshing and it's never quite what you expect. Glennon Doyle also falls in that bucket for me. I think she's so incredible. Everything that she puts out into the world, I'm like, yes, Glennon, it's so true. That's what I think as well. And so (laughs) she's an incredible person for me in terms of shaping how I think about things. I mentioned Jacinda Ardern. I'm just such a fangirl of hers. Dolly Alderton is someone who I love. I love her so much. And I think that she, for me, is someone who's a real voice of our generation. She's so smart, but she has those characteristics that we talked about earlier of humanity and ability to show weakness, which... I think is so beautiful and inspiring because I hate the idea that women in particular aren't allowed to show weakness or 
have any form of failure. And so I really, yeah, I consume everything that she does. So I, I'm a huge, we are huge fans of Dolly. She is such a treasure, an English treasure. If you could go back and tell your 18-year-old self something before you started the journey you're on, what would that be? So many things. So, so many things. I think at 18, you think that you know everything because you've left school, you're about to start college or university, you're moving out from under your parents' wings. I moved to the UK when I was still 18, nearly 19, but still 18, and I think that If I could tell myself one thing at 18, it would be to learn to relax. At 18, you feel, well, I personally felt like I was on some timeline and I had to achieve everything now. I had to have a great job. I had to make sure that I was making the most of every day and that I was really living. And so I just spent so many years pushing, pushing, pushing. And I just wish that you know, over a decade, well over a decade ago, I realized that I had time and I didn't have to achieve everything right now. And actually, if you do everything between the ages of 18 to 25, what do you have to do for the rest of your life? And if I'd known how to slow down, then I would have, because I think that that is something we all need to learn how to, how to relax. So to finish the uh, this wonderful interview, and we've learned so much, so thank you so much for your time, and I know you're so busy. If you could finish the sentences I begin. The best piece of advice I've been given is? From a therapist that I met with in Sydney about seven years ago now, she taught me a really simple yet effective way to break the cycle of worry that I think so many of us go down. She said, When you're thinking about something that's worrying you, you need to ask yourself, is this really a problem? Yes or no? If no, no to stop thinking about it. If it's not a problem, stop thinking about it. If yes, ask yourself, can I do anything about it right in this second? If yes, you can, let that spur you onto action and that's fine. If no, which honestly is the answer I find 98.9% of the time, realize that, take note, take a second and try and break that cycle. I really use those two simple questions a lot. The book I recommend the most is? Joyful by Ingrid Fattel Lee. She's an American author. I actually spoke to her, reconnected with her recently to, to work on a project for Well and Good. She writes about the joy, finding joy in small things, particularly in aesthetics and your surroundings. And three things that she writes about a lot that I've been thinking about so much right now, given where we are, is that light is so important, even if it's just sitting next to a window, huge being in nature. Again, right now, not everyone can leave their homes. So looking at a plant, even if it's a tiny succulent. And then also surrounding yourself with colours, textures, things that when you look at them or touch them, they truly give you that sense of joy. So I love her and I think she really, it's a great book for anyone who's looking for a moment of relief. When I feel insecure, I... I acknowledge it and then I talk about 
what I'm feeling with someone I trust and who I know supports me unconditionally. It's really amazing how quickly trusted friends or parents or anyone you love can really make you feel on top of the world again. And I also reflect on how I'm talking to myself and I ask myself, would I ever talk to anyone I love like this? The answer is usually no. And so I try and remind myself that if I'm not going to be kind to myself, then what's the point of anything? So agree. As I've gotten older, I've realised... You can and you should only care about what, what a very select amount of people think of you. You just can't care what everyone thinks of you because you go crazy. And honestly, unless you respect and care about someone, then don't worry about what someone else thinks of you. My guilty pleasure is? A glass of wine and a really good TV show. (laughs) And if you really knew me, you would know? That my favourite thing in the whole wide world is to laugh, like have a really good belly laugh where your face hurts from laughing so much. It's my favourite, favourite feeling in the whole world. Um, Well, thank you so much uh, for your amazing time and wisdom and sharing your advice. Um, All the details on the mental health challenge with Well and Good and Happy Not Perfect will be in the show notes, but head to wellandgood.com and you'll find it there. And there's a daily challenge every single day for the month of May. So we hope that you get stuck in and enjoy the small little doses of wisdom that lie behind the challenge. Thank you so much, Poppy. Thank you for coming on this journey with us through May and thank you for everything you do and particularly this chat. I loved it. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.